Father God, we just want to say thank you for this day, for the opportunity to come and to worship you. And Lord, that last song is just one of those songs that sometimes it's very difficult to sing if we were honest with ourselves. I don't think any of us are in a place in our life where we've truly surrendered all to you. But God, that's what we come here for. We come here to to meet with you, to worship you, to fellowship with other believers, and God, to allow you to speak into our life. And Father, I just pray that you would speak to us this morning. Lord, that you would reveal things in our hearts that, Lord, we just need to surrender. We just need to give to you. Lord, it could be big things. It may be something really small. But Father, you know our hearts and you know the things that we're clinging to. And Lord, you've told us that we have to lay down our lives and pick up our cross and follow you. So God, I pray that you would help us to do that today. Help everything that we do here be pleasing and honoring to you. I pray that glory and honor would be brought to your name because of what's done here today. And Lord, I pray that you would visit with us and help us to truly surrender to you. We love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Well, today's sermon is about submitting to the shepherd. You know, we've been talking about having a herd mentality, being a part of the herd. And uh, in doing that, being a part of God's herd, we have to be willing to submit to the shepherd and as they play that, that song, I Surrender All, um, it's very important for us to understand today that we can be a Christian, that we can live for the Lord, go to church, read the Bible, do everything, and not truly be surrendered to God. I have a friend that I went to school with, grew up with, and we spent the night together when we were younger. And his dad was a deacon at Chesney First Baptist, taught Sunday school. He taught the teenage Sunday school class whenever I was going, what little bit we went. Um, and I remember him, once we got a little older, he testified, eventually he ended up testifying that any time they would play the song, I Surrender All, he would never sing it. He like refused to sing it because he knew that in his life, he had not surrendered all. He knew that God was calling him into ministry, that God had called him to do ministry, and he was not obeying that call. And so anytime they would sing the song, and they sang the song pretty regularly, because every time there was an altar call at the end of service, a lot of churches would play, I surrender all, because you're coming down to the altar and you're surrendering to the Lord. It just sounds good and it seems right. Um, but in reality, he would stand there and he never would sing. He said for like 20 or 30 years, he, he went to church was a leader in the church, taught in the church, was a really good Christian person, and never could sing the song because he had never surrendered all until he finally obeyed his call to ministry. And today he's in ministry. He's preaching in a church in North Carolina. And so I say that because I want you to realize this morning, some of you have been saved a really long time. You would consider yourselves to be godly men and women. There's others of you who are in here today. This, this message is going to be a lot more difficult for you to accept and like to, to apply to your life. And then there's some of you in here today, like, like I said, you've been saved for a long time, that, that we just need to realize that, that we can play the game and we can be good Christians. Like We can be Christians. I throw up the quotes. Like We can be 
we can serve the Lord and do all the right things and according to everyone else's standard, look like we're supposed to look and still not truly be surrendered to the Lord. You know that? Now, we can go to church, we can read the Bible, we can pray, we can take on leadership in the church, we can, we can witness to other people, and we can do all the things that we're supposed to do, but in our lives and in our hearts, not truly be surrendered to God the way that he is calling us to. And that is something that we need to be aware of as individuals this morning. You need to know that God calls you specifically to live a certain way, to do certain things, and to not partake in certain things. And what he may call you to do, he may not call you to do. And what he may call you to give up, he may not call you to give up. And you have to stand accountable for that when you stand before God in eternity. Like we have God's word, we know there are certain things that we're all supposed to do. There are certain things we all should abstain from. But then according to us as individuals, there could be many things in our life where we look like we're doing perfectly fine to the rest of the world. And truly we are not where God wants us to be. And today it's important for us to submit. To submit to our shepherd. And the whole word submit makes a lot of people's skin crawl. I don't know about you guys, it's been one of the most difficult things for me in my life is just to submit, all right, to, to be willing to allow someone else to be in charge, to allow someone else to lead. It's very difficult for me. Any of you ever tried to tell somebody to give them advice? Hey, don't do this because you'll get hurt, or this could happen, or try it this way, this way's better, <clears throat> and yet they refuse to listen? If you got kids, you could raise your hand. All right? I mean, like, you can do it with kids, you can do it with friends, you can do it with loved ones. And it doesn't matter what it is. Like, you, you could offer advice to anyone. And if they're not going to take it, they're just not going to take it. Like, you can't force them, you can't make them, right? And you just have to, and it's painful a lot of times, you just have to sit back and let them experience the consequences of what they are choosing to do to follow their own path whenever they won't take advice from you, even though, like, you may have experience, you may have knowledge, and you're wanting to give it to them, but they just won't take it, right? That's what God does with us every day. I mean, God has infinite wisdom, infinite knowledge. I mean, like you're talking about the one who created all things, who wants to pour into us and give us all this stuff, but any time that we are clinging to our lives and we're wanting to rule our own lives and lead our own lives and we're not allowing him to do it, we're refusing that knowledge. We're refusing those blessings. We're refusing those promises. And it's extremely difficult to understand that a lot of times because for some of us who aren't very, if we haven't been saved longer, we're still trying to decide whether or not we're going to give our life to the Lord. It's like, how do I know that this is going to be right? How do I know that he's going to lead me? How do I know that he's going to fulfill all these promises? And even for some of us who are older and been saved a long time, a lot of times it's still just like, it's still hard to just let go. And it's not like you're out living in sin or you're, you know, doing anything crazy. It's just sometimes it's just hard to truly surrender, to just give it all up, to get in there are certain things that we cling to. But when you look at Scripture, Scripture reaffirms over and over and over again the aspect of us surrendering to God. Surrendering to our shepherd, allowing him to lead us. And then there's tons of passages that reaffirm the promises that God offers if we will surrender to him. And I just want to read Psalm chapter 23, verses 1 through 4. All right? This is one of the most familiar passages of Scripture in all the Bible. 
Most of you have probably heard it. Some of you have it memorized. I have it memorized in the King James Version. I'm going to read it to you from the NLT today. And so it might be a little different from how you've always heard it, but it's the same thing. But this is David. He's writing this. And he says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name's sake. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. And that's all I'm going to read from that passage. But there are five things I want to communicate to you this morning that if you are willing to surrender to the Lord, there are five things that he has promised and will do for you. You with me? But you got to be willing to surrender. You got to step out on faith. It doesn't sound very appealing because a lot of us just don't want to surrender. But if we'll surrender, there's five things that God will do for us. Point number one is the shepherd will let us rest. I don't know if you've ever thought about it before, but there's no rest for people in charge. If any of you have ever ran your own business or you have a family member who's ran their own business, if you're in charge, if you're in a family and you're doing everything, you know like there is no rest. Like you wake up with it, you go home with it, you wake up in the middle of the night, you're answering emails, you're, you're doing texts back and forth. If you're in charge, there's no rest. If you're a mom or a dad, there's no rest, right? Like if you're in charge, there's no rest. And the thing is, the funny thing is, is that we as people, we want to be in charge. We want to be, we want to govern our own lives, make our own decisions. But the truth is, as long as you want to be in charge, there will be no rest for you. But if you surrender to the Lord and you allowed him to lead your life, allow him to be the shepherd, there will be rest for you and he has promised to give you rest. I got some pictures I want you to look at up here. This is always really cool. Uh, I, I took some history classes, a lot of history classes in college. And one of the things they talked about is looking at pictures of presidents at the change that happens in them from the first year whenever they first go in the office till the eighth year. And you, you don't see this for a lot of presidents that serve four years, but the ones that serve two terms and serve their full eight years, there's a huge drastic change in their physical appearance. So you look at President Obama, and that's before, right when he goes into office, and that's as he ends. You see the difference? That's what being in charge does. It sounds great. Like being in charge, a lot of people covet it and want it. But they say, like, on average, a president will get somewhere around five hours of sleep a night, seven days a week for four years. That's what they get. Five hours. Can you imagine that? Some of you couldn't go three days without having more than seven hours, eight hours of sleep. But five hours of sleep. Let's look at President Bush. Look at him. His is a little more drastic. And you think about the time period that he served in with 9-11 and all the junk he had to deal with, and you see the age that come on him throughout this process. Being in charge takes a toll on you. It comes with a cost. It comes with a price. And there's a lot of people, there's a lot of you in here this morning, you say, I want to be in charge of my life. I want to lead my life. Like, that's most people's desire. That's not a foreign thing. You're you're not a terrible person for wanting that or desiring that. But you do need to understand that God created you. He designed you. He loves you. He wants to lead you. And he never really designed you to be in charge. Does that make sense? 
I mean, that, that's not what he designed you to do. So, so if you do claim control and, and governorship over your life, what you're doing is, is you're, you're claiming that at a, at a price. It takes a toll on you. And any of you who run a business, lead a family, anything like that, you know the price that it comes with. Some of those things are great. They're worth it. Like a lot of the benefits and everything might be worth it. You say, I'm glad I did that. It was worth the sacrifice. But for you to lead your life, to be in control, to make every decision, to carry that responsibility and that load, that is not something that God designed you to do. And when you look at it, God doesn't need to rest because he never sleeps or slumbers. So we need rest. God designed us to need rest because we're not self-sufficient. Like there are certain things that we need in order to operate and continue to live, even in this physical life and in the spiritual life for eternity. Like God did not design us to do that, but God doesn't need rest. And God is a perfect leader because he knows all things that was, he knows all things that is, he knows all things that will be. And you know, you know in your own life, how many times have you been faced with situations, circumstances where you just don't even know what to do? You don't even know what to choose. You, you don't even know what's the right decision. And you, you toil over stuff because we're in charge and we feel like we have to make a decision because th- this is us and it falls on us. But if we allow God to be the leader, he will let us rest. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and his followers and he says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Now, some of you in here probably know what a yoke is. Some of you young ones may not, and that's not an egg yolk, Okay. This is a yoke, Y-O-K-E, which is a, it's, it's a contraption that's built, and it locks two animals together. And what they would do is they would use this for plowing fields and carrying, cart, you know, pulling carts and stuff like that. And what they would do is they would take a young, inexperienced, un, kind of untamed ox or some other animal, and they would pair it up with a stronger, mature tamed one that, that was faithful and true and could go the straight path and do everything it was supposed to do. And they would pair it. And because what would happen is when they paired them up with one another, the younger one would fight and want to pull away, want to get out of line, want to do what it wanted to do. But it wasn't strong enough to pull the other ox or animal out of line to go do what it wanted to do. The other one kept it in check. And so for some of you this morning, you're like, I don't want to put a yoke on me. I don't want to put this collar or this leash on me that's going to confine me, that's going to enslave me, that's going to force me to do what I don't want to do. From a worldly perspective, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like slavery. It sounds like bondage, right? It does, because you're submitting yourself to something where you are no longer in control. And that sounds like bondage to us. But in reality, what Jesus is saying, and he says this in multiple facets, like multiple ways throughout Scripture is, if you don't pair yourself up with me, you inevitably pair yourself up with something or someone else. So you can take my yoke on you, which is easy, because my yoke is easy, my burden is light. This is the best option for you. But if you don't 
come under my yoke, you're going underneath somebody else's or something else's yoke. And you see addictions. And you see bad habits. And you see people enter into friendships and relationships. And you see this all the time where people get led along. And even for people who are strong-willed and pretty, what they seem self-sufficient, they feel like they have their own yoke. But in their own way, being in charge of yourself puts you under a different type of yoke to where you're still held in bondage to certain things and situations and circumstances. Does that make sense? Jesus communicates this throughout Scripture constantly. Just because you think that you're free and you're making your own decisions doesn't necessarily mean that you're free. We're all held in bondage to something. And Jesus is saying, if you come alongside of me, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. You pair it with my yoke, you'll have rest. You live underneath your own yoke, you won't have rest because you're going to be plowing it and doing it all by yourself. But if you get underneath my yoke, I'll lead you along. I'll help pull you along. I'll carry most of the weight for you to lead you down that straight path. But we have to be willing to let him lead. If we let him lead, he'll give us rest. Point number two, if you submit to him, the shepherd gives us nourishment. The green pastures, the streams, the basic necessities are all things that God has promised to provide for his flock. We forget that a lot of times. We, we, we live so much of life. We, we work so much to, to save up money, to get retirements, to get benefits, to do all this stuff to make sure that every little need is taken care of. But when you look at Scripture, and it takes a lot of faith for people to do this, to trust in the Lord that he's going to provide your needs. He's going to lead you along to green pastures, to lead you along to streams. And, and it's not one of those things that you're always going to have. You with me? Because you can stay in any, any pasture any amount of time and the flock will eventually eat all the grass up. And then you got to go somewhere else. And we as people do that, right? Like there's different stages of life. There's different times. Like you can have your feel of something. It was good for a moment. After a while, it gets old, doesn't it? And then there's times in life where you just have to move on. Like there's different phases and stages of life. God can lead you through all those things and give us nourishment through all these things. And you have, to, you have to trust in the Lord. You have to believe in him in order to do this. And I say that because you, you have to really take a step back and say, okay, if Jesus is the good shepherd who is willing to lay down his life for us, who did lay down his life for us. I mean, like, and you got to think about what you really believe this morning. If you really believe that Jesus Christ died for you, why would the person who died for his flock, his herd, not be willing to feed and water and care for them? If he's willing to lay down his own life and die and suffer for them, why would he not be willing to feed, water, and nourish them, to care for them? You have to look at the character of Christ and to know what God wants and what he desires most. If he's willing to lay down his life for us, surely he would be willing to provide for us. And we have to trust in that. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 11 says, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart, and he will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. Guys, we have to cling to Scripture. We have to cling to the promises that God has offered to us to know that he, he wants to feed us. He wants to care for us. But he can't do that if we don't let him. 
You with me? We got to let him. He can't provide for us if we don't let him. And you got to cling to that. And faith, having faith is easy to talk about whenever everything is there. Right? Whenever you got all your food, all your water, you got enough money, you can pay your bills, you, you got it, feel like you got everything that you need. Talking about faith during those times is really easy. But whenever you're lacking something and you feel like you're not going to be able to pay your bill, you're not going to have food, you're not going to be able to do this, you're not going to be able to do that, and you're sitting back and you're just like, okay, it's really hard to have faith in those moments where it's not there and you can't see it, you can't touch it, you don't know where it's going to come from, how it's going to happen. When pickings are slim, it's really hard to have faith during those times, right? That's whenever it's tested. That's whenever we really see how, how faithful we are to the Lord, how willing we are to trust in him, how willing we are to rely on him. But it's in those times where we have to cling to these passages of Scripture, to the promises of the Lord, and just remind ourselves, if he's my shepherd, if I've given myself to him, if I'm letting him lead me, he has promised that he will provide. We have to cling to that. This is whenever it goes beyond just simply saying that you believe in something and then actually having faith and living like you believe in something. But we have to trust that he's going to provide for us. Number three, the shepherd will guide us. If we'll surrender to him, he's promised to guide us. You're going to travel through things in life that are unfamiliar. You're going to go down paths, situations, circumstances where you have not been before. You're not going to know what to do. You're not going to know what decisions to make. There are going to be extremely hard and difficult times in your life. You can count on it, right? Y'all should be saying amen. Uh, Some of these younger kids need to know, life is not always going to be easy. There's going to be hard times come. And you're not always going to know what to do. And you're going to want to lead your life and you're going to want to be in charge. But it's those moments in time where you realize how much you truly need God. Those are the moments in time where God says, surrender to me. Because you don't have any other option right now. So now you need to surrender to me. It's easier if we're already surrendered. But those are the times where we really understand how much we need to surrender to God. But he's promised to guide us. Sometimes things come along. Situations and circumstances come along. Sometimes we do stupid stuff to bring about situations and circumstances in our life. But there are going to be times... Well, you're not going to know what to do. You're not going to know which direction to go, which choice to make. And God has promised that he will guide you. You need a shepherd to guide you when you don't know where you're going. And we have to acknowledge that. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6-7 through seven says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and care to God, for he cares about you. God cares about you. God loves you. God wants you to submit to him, to to submit under his power. And there isn't anything that we will ever experience that God cannot lead us through. Do you believe that? I mean, there's nothing. I mean, you think about God is eternal. And when you talk about God being eternal, we always think about God being eternal like future-wise, but we don't ever think about God being eternal past-wise. So as far back as you can think, in the past, God is eternal that way and God is eternal this way. Like There is no end to his existence. And you're talking about a creator who was eternal, is eternal, and will be eternal forever, has all the knowledge 
has created the world, every circumstance, every situation that's going to come about, he created all this before it was ever going to come and made it possible for these situations and circumstances to happen. God did that. We have to trust and believe that he can guide us in this. And there's nothing too big for him. You know, I was watching this uh, video and it was talking about how a lot of times parents, like when, when families go through things, like parents deal with stuff and then kids have a really hard time dealing with things and the parents don't always understand why the kids are freaking out because they're making a really big deal when the parent's like, this is not a big deal. Like, why are you freaking out? You, you get that? And so the analogy in the, in the video was, is like basically imagine yourself in a tub of water, okay? And for a parent, whenever the water is about waist high, not a big deal, right? And so, but you got your kid who's with you and, and your kid's about this tall, and the water is waist high, but it's neck deep to your kid. And everybody's hunky-dory because the kid can play. The kid's comfortable. It's not being taken underneath the water. You're fine because you're waist deep. You're not feel threatened at all. But they, they said, okay, but raise the water six to eight inches. And all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're from waist high to chest high. And for a parent, for an adult to be waist high or chest high in water, not a big deal. Because we're still wading around, we're super comfortable, we're just walking around, enjoying ourselves, not a big deal. But for the kid who was neck high, and now you got the water above their head, what are they doing? They're struggling. They're drowning. What doesn't seem like a big deal to us is over their head, and they're not there, they're not designed, they're not grown and mature enough to take care of the problems that come so easily to us that we're just... This is okay. It may not be comfortable, but we can deal with it. A child can't deal with it. And the same thing happens when you look at our lives in comparison to what God sees and what God understands. There are things that are going to happen to us that are over our head and we're going to struggle and we can't see. We can't figure out a way to get out of it. But we serve a God. We serve a father who it's just ankle deep to him. I mean, it's not even chest deep. It's ankle deep. He can see as far as he needs to see. He can get out anytime he wants to. He can pick you up and bring you out of it anytime he wants to. And sometimes, I don't know about y'all, but whenever I learned how to swim, I think I just got threw in. I don't know how y'all swimming experience was. I'm pretty sure daddy just threw me in the water. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes God wants us to tread a little bit, work a little bit, have faith to know that we're, we're going to be okay. You have to realize you serve a God who is not threatened at all. He can lead you through the situation that you're in, any situation that you're ever going to be faced with. He is above and beyond anything that we'll ever come in contact with, anything that will ever happen in our life. He already knows. He already has an answer. He already knows the end. The story's already been written. We just have to go to him and trust in him to guide us through it. God is more than able to guide you. Point number four, the shepherd's close by. You, know, you start talking about walking through the valley and it's dark. He says, I will not be afraid for I know that you are with me. There are going to be times in your life where you feel alone. You're not going to feel like there's anybody around and you're not even going to feel like God is around. 
but you need to understand and cling to passages of Scripture and the promises that we have in Scripture that lets us know that God is there and He is with us. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Promises in Scripture that we need to cling to. And you, you sit here this morning, don't be fooled into thinking, well, that was Isaiah, that was written to the people. No, 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 no. You have to make these things personal. If you believe that God is with you, if you believe that God loves you, if you believe that you belong to him, then this applies as much to you as it does to the people of Israel. We are adopted into God's family in believers in Jesus Christ. We are his children. He loves us. You have to make scripture personal. You have to cling to it in your life and trust that he loves you and that he is with you. And even as Jesus gives the Great Commission, as he's given his final words to his disciples before he ascends to heaven in Matthew 28, verse 20, he says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Jesus is with us. We are not alone. If we are his, if we belong to him, if he is our shepherd, he is with us. We may not be able to see him, We may not be able to feel him. We may not feel like he's listening to our prayers. We may feel like our prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. But you need to cling to the fact that he is there. And in those times where you can't see him and you can't feel him and you don't feel like there's this wall between you and him, you need to cry out and say, God, I feel alone right now. I I need you to reaffirm and reveal yourself to me. Show me that you are here because I need to know that you are with me. I'm trusting to know that you're with me. I'm trusting to know that you can hear me right now, even though I don't feel like you can hear me. But God, I need you to let me know that you are there. Those are the times where we cry out to God and we ask him to reveal himself to us. Because he is always close by, whether we realize it or not. Point number five. The shepherd protects and comforts. You were never designed to to have to fight. You with me? Like, like God did not design you to have to fight for yourself. God designed us to be His so that He could fight for us. Now that's that's weird. And like you you you'll get some people who will argue with you. Like we live in a sinful world. There's a lot of different things go on. Like. You know, I'm not saying that we should never fight or like defend ourselves in any way, but I just want you to understand that we live in a sinful world and that sin has corrupted a lot of things. But in reality, God has never created you to have to fight for yourself. He created you to have a relationship with him. And throughout scripture, he's always talked about how revenge is his, that he will fight for you. He will lift you up. He will hold you up with his victorious right hand. And you look at David talking about this, your rod and your staff protecting me. And the rod was a short, heavy, club-like stick that was used to fend off predators. And and they would use it every once in a while to poke and prod the sheep. Any of you ever been poked before? 
Somebody just come up and poke you. It doesn't really hurt, but it's super uncomfortable and just like the most annoying thing ever. Somebody just comes up and pokes you and you hate it. There's some times where God just has to poke us to get us to go where he wants us to go. And in that same way, that stick that he uses to poke us to kind of get us to go where he wants us to go, if you're a pretty reasonable person and you listen to the Lord and you're submitting to him, he might have to poke you, but generally you go where he wants you to go with the poke. He uses that same stick to fight off your enemies, your predators, people that are trying to take advantage of you. And then you have the staff. You know, the big long thing with the hook in it. And it talks about how the shepherds would use it, hook around the sheep's neck, and and drag them along to where they needed to go. Because sometimes just poking us doesn't get it done, does it? Any of you stubborn people? How many of you have probably need the hook more than the, the, the rod? Where you, you know, it talks about the shepherd pulling them along firmly but gently. It's like strong enough to get them where they want to go because sometimes we as sheep are not very cooperative. We like to do our own thing. We can be really stubborn. But God wants to protect you. God wants to protect you from other dangers, and God wants to protect you from yourself. You know, a lot of times, spiritually, we can be one of our greatest enemies. The Bible talks about our temptation, how we're dragged away by our own desires. When we face temptation, we give in to temptation. Like It talks about us being lured and dragged away by our own desires. So God not only wants to protect us from, from predators trying to to take advantage of us and devour us, but he also wants to protect us from ourselves. James chapter 4, verse 7 says, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And guys, we have to humble ourselves before our shepherd and allow him to take care of us. I I don't know about y'all, but you know, a lot of times... You watch little kids, and whenever something happens or they get scared, the first thing they do is they want to run to their mom and daddy for protection. And then something happens as kids grow up, and then like bad things happen, or they do they make mistakes or something, they start trying to hide, and they cover it up, and they're trying to deal with it themselves. And it's like a lot of times it would just be easier if they came back and asked their mom and dad to help them in this situation. They don't always make that good decision, and we're the same way. We have to be willing to let God protect us. Every instinct in our natural desire is going to be to cry out for freedom and not surrender. So if you're sitting here this morning, you're thinking, dude, there ain't no way like this. This just sounds like garbage. I'm not doing this. I'm not giving myself up to the Lord. I'm not surrendering myself to anybody or anything. That's pretty natural. So no matter how young you are, no matter how old you are, that's a natural instinct. And if you start talking to somebody about Christ outside these doors, outside in the world, and you start talking to them about Christ, one of the biggest obstacles that someone will have to overcome is just surrendering their life to him. Because there are things that we don't want to give up. Habits, hobbies, all kinds of stuff that, that we just don't want to give up, that we enjoy doing, relationships that we know that would come to an end if we surrender ourselves to the Lord, and we don't want to do that. 
We want to cling to freedom, but in reality, what we're doing is we're clinging to slavery and bondage and sin and things of the world. You remember, it's like, if you don't take Christ's yoke upon you, it doesn't mean that you're not wearing a yoke. You're just wearing a different yoke. Romans chapter 8, verses 6 through 8. Paul talks about, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. When we are in control, when we are in control, our sinful nature is in control. If we are resisting God, sin is winning. Does that make sense? So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. If you're in control this morning, if you have not surrendered to God, I'm going to tell you, you can't be pleasing to God. You cannot please Him. You have to be willing to surrender, to submit, to allow Him to lead and guide you in your life. And that's the only way that you can truly be pleasing to God. Because as long as we're in control, as long as we're letting somebody else be in control, we'll never be pleasing to the Lord. We've got to come to the point We're willing to submit to God, submit to the shepherd, so that we can truly be a part of the herd. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. I want to thank you for your word. Thank you for all the promises, all those passages that we read today that just promise of all the things that you will do for us if we surrender our lives to you. Jesus, I ask that you would help us to step out on faith. These, this is the moment where it changes from just saying that we believe in you to actually having faith and living like we believe in you. It's how much we are willing to surrender to you. And Lord, there might be somebody in this room or somebody watching right now who has never surrendered to you. And I pray, God, right now they would call out to you because it's not easy and it's not natural. And, Lord, they might have to ask you to to come into their life and just help them to get to the point where they are willing to surrender. And if that's the case, I pray they would cry out and ask that right now. And, Lord, there might be people who have been saved for years. And, Lord, I pray that if there's anything in their life that they have not surrendered to you, Lord, they would offer themselves up to you right now and they would ask you to take it. Lord, they would ask you to help them to just give this thing up so that they can better serve you. Jesus, it's all about surrender. It's all about submitting. And Lord, if we will give ourselves to you, you will take care of all these things in our life because you've promised And Lord, you are a God who does not lie, and you're a God who keeps your word and keeps your promises. We love you, and we thank you for that, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you.